0: kids in need of food, that's an, that's an emergency right there. So to sustain the child tax credit to last all year long would uh, really cut the child poverty in half.
1: Hi, welcome back to Add Passion and Stir. I'm Billy Shore. This is our weekly conversation about food, passion, and making a difference in the world. It's a special Father's Day edition. Last week for Father's Day, we had the restaurateur Danny Meyer and his daughter, Hallie Meyer, who's the owner of Cafe Pana. And this week, as another special Father's Day edition, our guests are my friend and great Share Our Strength champion, Jeff Bridges, and his daughter, Isabel bridges Besh. Thank you both so much for being with us. It's
0: great to be here, Billy. Thanks for having
2: us. Yeah, we're so grateful to be here.
1: Well, you guys have been amazing for Share Our Strength. And, you know, Jeff is known to a lot of the world, of course, as an Academy Award-winning actor and a musician with his band, The Abiders, and a photographer, and an activist on environmental issues, and of course, as the national spokesperson for Share Our Strength's No Kid Hungry campaign. And we've been working together for over 10 years. And Isabel uh, is a mom of two and a mom's empowerment coach. And we're going to want to talk about what that means, uh, Isabel. But I want to tell our listeners that uh, together, uh, Jeff and Isabel are the author and illustrator Of a really cool book called Daddy Daughter Day, uh, some of the proceeds of which benefit our No Kid Hungry campaign, thanks to the continued generosity of both of you. So uh, I'm going to be really excited to hear about how the book came about and how you worked on it together. I know Publishers Weekly just named it one of the best Father's Day books of the year. I've got a copy right in my hand here, and it's It's a really cool book. And um, it's going to be in my granddaughter's hand when she gets here to visit me in a a few weeks. So, uh, Jeff, you've got a long history with Share Our Strength and with our No Kid Hungry campaign. And I just wanted to ask you, as somebody who's worked on the issue of hunger for 35 years, uh, starting with your own creation of the End Hunger Network, uh, why this issue has, has kind of called to you? Why is... Of all the things that you could work on. And I know you work on a few others, but unlike a lot of people, you've been really focused on this issue for such a long time. Why has the hunger issue been the one that's spoken to you so compellingly?
0: Yeah, well, a a couple of points come to mind. Uh, Having kids of my own uh, and uh, being an actor, and often my job is, you know, uh, figuring out what it's like to walk in somebody else's shoes. I've been very fortunate that i've been able to provide for our family but i can imagine how rough and how heartbreaking it would be not to be able to provide uh nutrition for my kids you know and that uh, that you know certainly uh inspired my actions towards uh ending um, hunger but also you know that's another idea that it's it's an issue that can be uh you know, has got a lot of hope to it. We can really um, end uh, childhood hunger, you know, here in our country, and share our strength. And No Kid Hungry has really gone about uh, showing what that road looks like. And uh, there's been some great, um, uh, you know, wonderful additions to that road just this year. That uh, it's you know very exciting to know about. You know, this uh, the child tax credit. And uh, how, uh, you know, summertime is such a a tough time for kids who are in need uh, because most of their or a lot of their nutrition is supplied by school meals. And when school's out, so is that uh, source to their food. And uh, No Kid Hungry has really gone about uh, dealing with that problem and having sites all over uh, America that people who are in need can call and find out. Where these uh, these meal sites are, and uh, there's no um, you know there's no uh, registration or anything like that. It's just if you're a kid and you need some food, you, you've got a source for it. If you're no kid hungry.
1: And and you know one of the things we saw during the pandemic, and and I want to bring kind of Isabel in, into this is we saw so much creativity and so many folks finding creative ways to contribute and make a difference. And, and one, one such cool example of that is the book daddy daughter day that you guys did together. And, uh, Isabel, I know that you've got your own business. I want to kind of talk about that in a minute because you're both so creative and there's so many creative expressions of the way you both live your lives. But, um, talk a little bit about, uh, the why of, of daddy daughter day, uh, why that book came about. And then tell us a little bit, uh, what it's about and how you decided to make uh, Share Our Strengths No Kid Hungry campaign a beneficiary. Is this your first book, Isabel?
2: Yeah, this is so. This is my first book, and I, I actually just want to start out by saying happy Father's Day to you, Dad, and to you, Billy, and to all the, the fathers who are, who are listening. Oh,
0: thank
1: you. Thank you. I uh,
2: want to really celebrate you. Um, and I know that Father's Day is a celebration of the provider. So that's how I experience your organization, Billy, is really providing me nourishment. And so I think, I, I think it's um, poignant to be celebrating Father's Day and having this conversation so close to this celebration day. No, oh, I like that. Thank you for uh, sharing about our book, too. So Daddy-Daughter Day um, came about for me when I started writing some children's stories for my kids. And as I always did, I would share them with my dad, who was really excited about the projects that I was working on, especially as a new mom who was just getting ready to enter back into her creative space. Um, and I read, I remember reading Daddy Daughter Day, the story, uh, which was like a two page um, story to you dad, and you saying with sparkly eyes, we should do, we should make a book. We should turn this into a book and I will illustrate it. Um, And that was about five years ago. And so it's been a long, it's been one elongated daddy daughter day adventure creating this book too.
1: So what was the creative process like? How did you guys go back and forth on it?
0: Well, you know, our publisher dark horse was up in Seattle and uh, you know, it was challenging working that far apart. And so I'd have to do the drawings and then, you know, you know, send them over there and then send the originals and then they'd send them back. And, uh, you know, to, to, it just took, it took five years. Can you believe it? It's just it's so me. And then also there's another element uh, to daddy daughter day um, that we did. That was a lot of fun. Was we created a website. It's uh, DaddyDaughterDay.com. And if you go to that site, you can hear Isabel and I talk more about the book. And also, one of the uh, fun features of that site is a lullaby uh, that all the Bridges family and a lot of our friends, uh, it's their favorite lullaby. It's written by by, uh, my godmother for my sister, Cindy. And uh, you can hear that lullaby my father singing it on the Dinah Shore show back in the '60s, and then me me singing it uh, with my friend um, Kipps Johncia.
1: Well, and I've listened to both of those versions from the site, and uh, I gather that that I mean that's really been handed down through your family, right? You all sang it to your kids, and
0: oh yeah, yeah. And there's the lyrics and the chords are there too, so people can you know learn it and sing it to their kids too. And, uh, you know, I think daddy daughter day for is, I know you speak for yourself is, but for me, it was like a long daddy daughter day, those five years that really kept us, you know, uh, you know, linked up, you know, for some reason we need, for some reason we need reasons to get together, you know, and this was a great, uh, a great reason to uh, get together with my daughter. You know, I've. Like my father, I was uh, away for much of Isabel's childhood due to my work of making movies. And so I tried to do my best to kind of make up for some of that, uh, which I really regretted not being around as much as I would have liked to have been for their childhood. But uh, to, you know, figure out stuff to do with my kids when they're adults, you know. And this was certainly something like that. We had a lot of fun doing it, you know, passing the stuff back and forth and tweaking the book. And it was a lot of fun.
1: Were there any creative disagreements in, in putting the book together? Gee, I can't think of one. Can you, Liz? huh?
2: Gosh, that is such a good question. I can't think of one either.
0: No, we just flowed. We just, you know, it was really terrific. And then we got to, you know, do promote it. Like we're doing this here, you know, and, and uh, that kind of extended it along. And and there's actually, I didn't even know about this before the, the book, uh, before working on the book, there actually is, I think it's officially called Father-Daughter da- Day. And when is it is? October, I want to say 23rd or something.
2: It? Yeah, it's in October. It's very close to when our book came out. Yeah. And so that and was so, just kind of a... I,
0: yeah. I don't know if that's just a coincidence or it's like one of those things where it's just in the, you know, in the air or something, but, uh, it, uh, we're in sync with, uh, I guess some other folks who think that uh, fathers and daughters ought to celebrate, be celebrated.
1: And, and is- Isabel, I was going to ask you to, you know, maybe just give us a summary of kind of like how you think of the story. To me, the book is just like this wonderful celebration of imagination uh, which I, you know, I, I always think that the most important thing in life is imagination. And I'm always sharing with my colleagues at share strength that when we usually, when we fail at something, uh, you know, we tend to blame it on not having enough money or not having enough time or enough strategy, but most failures are failures of imagination. And what I love about daddy daughter day is just kind of the, the celebration of imagination that's baked into it. But tell us a little bit about the story.
2: Yeah, I love that you touch on imagination, Billy, because that's something that um, I see my dad um, be able to enter into imaginative play with his grandkids, my kids, Grace and Benjamin. And it, it just reminds me of being that little girl and having a dad who would enter into that world with me and would be really willing to play with me. Um, and how just nourishing that was for my own creative spirit. Um, and so it was so fun to just capture some of the real things that we did. You know, we really did play with clay. And, and the thing is, we still do that. So I really see Daddy-Daughter Day as not just a book, but a movement to inspire other father-daughter pairs um, to spend quality time together and to find those projects. You know, if they're both adults, find a project, whether it's writing a book or, you know, learning something. Maybe you want to learn a language together or maybe you want to travel together. But having an experience that's unique to just the two of you um, can be so, can create that intimacy that I know we're, we all crave, especially when we're living Far apart from one another, and so I really see this this spot this daddy daughter movement as you know an inspiration for those who um, maybe they don't have their fathers in their lives. Maybe they want to have sister sister day, or you know brother sister day, or whatever it is.
0: Mother daughter day.
1: We are so grateful for our partner, the Arby's Foundation, and the incredible support they've shown us during the last ten years. Over the last decade, the Arby's Foundation has generously contributed nearly $30 million to help end childhood hunger in the United States. And through their In Restaurant Make a Difference campaign, the Arby's Foundation continues to spread awareness and raise significant funds for the No Kid Hungry campaign. Thank you to the Arby's Foundation for being such great partners.
2: Hey there, this is Christina Gonzalez, and I'm so excited for you to check out my new podcast, Politics of Food. On this show, we explore the political, economic, and social implications of food creation and consumption, both locally and worldwide.
0: Should we eat first or should we protest first? Like, okay, (laughs) let's organize, let's talk to the press, let's get our word out, and then let's sit down and eat.
2: Follow Politics of Food with Christina Gonzalez at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your shows.
0: One of the inspirations for me was uh, remembering something that my mother used to do for all her kids. It was something that she called time. And what that was for an hour out of every day, she would do, uh, dedicate that time to one of her kids. And during that hour, she wouldn't you know, answer the phone. If, if one of her friends called, she says, no, I'm having my time with Jeff, you know, and, and that time would be spent doing whatever that kid wanted to do, you know, whether it, be uh, you know playing spaceman, and you know I'll be the space monster, mom, and you be under the kitchen table. There, that's our you know our capsule, and I'll be you know trying to get you, or you're going to your makeup and you know, make each other up like clowns or something. And so, um, for me, the book uh, was inspired a lot by that time I spent with my mom.
1: Well, there's a I've got the book turned to a page right now. Um, where, uh, and and the the little girl in the book is named Belle, which is part of your name, Isabel, obviously. And uh, this page is just the only words on it are pretty daddy. And there's a picture of the little girl making up her. Did did you used to make up? Oh, yes.
2: I mean, oh, yes. I mean, I played with makeup with my dad (laughs) so much more than I played with makeup with my mom.
1: Well, and your dad dad lives in that world, right? That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, Isabel, just describe how the story unfolds in the book.
2: So, the story begins with Belle waking up and having this this idea that today is Daddy-Daughter Day. It's a holiday. And so, she runs into Daddy's bedroom, declaring, and she's got this kind of precocious personality. Um, And, you know, Daddy is on board and then together they co-create this um, really kind of idyllic day uh, where they both, I see them both really getting their needs met, you know, um, and she excludes her brother at one point, which I am um, a mom to a girl and a boy. And that has definitely been part of, you know, that that brother-sister relationship um, is wanting to have a parent's undivided attention. So I wanted to bring that aspect into the, some reality into the, into the story. Um, And then, yeah. And then they, they play and they create um, and they enter into their own imaginations. And then they end their day uh, with the lullaby and the last daddy daughter day adventure is them both sharing a dream together. And so they go on a flying adventure in their dreams. And that's something that we used to really do. And we still do, right, Dan?
0: Yeah. All all the time. There's a special big, uh, a big tree, a cottonwood tree in Montana. And uh, our ranch there and we, uh, I'll say So in our dreams, I'll meet you by the tree and we'll fly around there and then we'll take off. And, uh, so that's, we still well, do that. Uh,
1: it's a really sweet story and we haven't said this explicitly, but I mentioned that, you know, a percentage of the proceeds supports the No Kid Hungry campaign. So literally every time you buy this book, you're helping to feed a child, which I hope people understand. Cause that's an important thing and a real, you know, part of the generosity that's the Character of, of both of you. So thank you for that.
0: Um, oh yeah, and I'm I'm so thrilled to be uh, been a part of No Kid Hungry and Share Our Strength all these years, Billy. I don't
1: know if you remember, but you know You and I met uh, at the Golita Boys and Girls Club. It must have been.
0: You know? uh, yeah. yeah. I remember that well.
1: Must have been like 10 or 11 years ago now. And I, I remember us kind of sitting on the playground swings together talking. First, they, they had all these kind of little kids around that we were talking to first. And then the kids took off and you and I were just kind of getting to know each other and talking about the work of No Kid Hungry. And I was describing why I thought it was a, a solvable problem. But you know, one of the things you said from the perspective of somebody who'd worked on it for a long time, and I just remember this because it was so motivating to me. You just said, you know, this is our moment. This is this this is the moment that we have to seize. We can actually get this across the finish line now. And and between that day and this, we traveled all over the country together—from Arkansas and New York to California. Yes. And uh, before the pandemic, I would say that we were actually getting really, really close. And to me, the kind of the paradox of the pandemic is that, in some ways, it reversed a lot of progress, but in other ways. It demonstrated how solvable this problem is because we got passed in law a lot of new flexibilities that enable us to feed kids more efficiently and more effectively. And I'm pretty convinced that we're gonna we're gonna get to the point. Uh, you and I are both gonna see the day where there's still poverty, unfortunately, and there's still food insecurity. But uh, but for all intents and purposes, we can get to the point where kids in this country are getting three meals a day, and that's gonna you know as you know from Having taken the long view, that's going to be quite a remarkable turn of events.
0: Yeah, and I think one of our challenges that faces now is to not make it just an emergency situation because kids in need of food—that's that's an emergency right there. So to sustain the child tax credit to last all year long would uh, really what, what what does it say? what do you guys say in your side that it would cut the the um, child poverty in half in half if you we, kept that
1: if up. Kept that, that up. that's right almost in half wow. about 40% so well, there's I'm glad you asked and raised it Jeff because there's that, been a child tax yeah. credit available to people who um, you know are paying taxes and and get to get some back but uh there's a lot of folks who uh you know have such low income that they don't pay any taxes at all and they're the folks that need the tax credit the most and so what President Biden and Congress did in the American Rescue Plan is they they passed what what's called a fully refundable tax credit, which means that even if you didn't make any income, you get a tax credit of thirty six hundred dollars for every child you have under five, and uh, and and three thousand dollars for for kids above that. And so you know the ability of families to uh, have these resources so that they wouldn't have to. You know, stand in line at food banks like we saw during the pandemic, or uh, have to resort to emergency food assistance. All of which is, you know, always necessary for folks who kind of slip between the cracks. But for families to have this source of income where they could actually provide for their kids on their own uh, would really be a dramatic change. And it's estimated that it's going to lift forty percent of kids who live below the poverty line uh, out of poverty. And and I mean, the result will be a completely different country. And, what we've what we've learned at Share Our Strength is that um, we've got to do everything that we can possibly do to make sure that kids get the benefits that they are eligible for, like school breakfast or summer meals that you mentioned. But uh, we've also got to help their families be in a position where they're not going to need these benefits in the first place. And the child tax credit uh, is one of those.
0: Talk about that, Billy, about the uh, child tr- uh, tax credit and calling our representatives and uh making sure that those, that the tax credit stays.
1: So I'm glad you asked that Jeff about the child tax credit, because you know, it's, it's so new that many people are not uh, aware of it. July 15th, that's the date that the IRS is going to first start to send refunds to families. And so I hope, uh, you know, as you listen to this podcast, you'll also go to nokithungry.org and see our action plan Uh, how to reach out to members of Congress, House, Senate, others, governors, uh, and uh, how to use social media to send messages about the impact that the child tax credit can have on lifting kids uh, out of poverty. Uh, This is really, uh, you know, this is the kind of thing, and politics is, Jeff, you know, when we're together, we get to talk politics a lot. Politics is so mysterious because this is the kind of thing that was just truly unthinkable uh, you know, even six months ago and certainly any time in the last 10 years. And now uh, with is the, the, the slenderest of margins in the Senate, uh, Biden got it to become the law of the land. So this child tax credit exists. But yeah, uh, I would urge people to go to nokidhungry.org and find out ways that you can uh, be part of the advocacy for extending the credit and making it accessible to everybody uh, who needs it. You know, 97 percent of all the kids in the country uh, are going to be eligible for some form of this tax credit, so it it should have universal appeal and should just do an enormous amount of of good.
0: Yeah, that's right, and I, and I've I've uh, one of the things that I'm really happy about is um, you've helped facilitate uh, my uh, my hunger work in the places where I live. You know, and I, I'd like to you know put that out to other uh, folks that are listening. You know, you can act uh, locally. You know, I live in Santa Barbara, and so we've got our own uh, summer programs here. We've added uh, the um, element of music in there. So they become actually concerts for young bands that are, you know, 12 years old, you know, or young rock bands in the area. They come and they'll entertain the kids while they uh, have their meals there. And the same thing up in Montana, Uh, we have a place up there in Montana, and uh, Michael McCormick has a, uh, a wonderful uh, organization up there uh, uh, and does uh, some great work that you've been very supportive and we surely appreciate that.
1: You know, in all the years we've worked together, Jeff, only uh, one I've only had one negative experience and I'm not even sure I, I shared it with you, but one of the first things we did is you invited me to come with you to Western Massachusetts. Uh, I think it was to Bernie Glassman's Retreat Center.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh and we uh we gave a talk there, but I parked in the wrong place. And do you know what happened to my car? What? Oh, the, the, no. This was a Buddhist retreat center. I got I got on my car, I came back to my car and there was a ticket on it, and it was called a bad karma parking ticket. I got bad <laughs> karma for twenty four hours. <laughs> That's funny. I had never heard of that before. I
0: I had never heard that story.
1: Yeah. Uh, So you 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 opened my my eyes and my world to something new. Bad karma, parking tickets. Um, you know the other thing that, you know, you you both live in a um in a creative world, Jeff. You were born into a creative household. Your dad, Lloyd Bridges, who you mentioned, and the same for you, Isabel. And it's probably just like the you know the water you you swim in, but, uh, is, do, do you, I'm just curious, do you feel a creative drive as a real feeling? And I mean this to, to both of you, because Isabel, I want to talk about the business you've created as a, as a mom empowerment coaches. Do you feel a pressure to create Is it fun to create? Is it both fun and pressure? How, how do you process that?
0: Yeah. Well, you, you know, you mentioned my, my parents, and I think that's where my inspiration, uh, with my, uh, you know, getting involved with the hunger issue really came from them. I remember my father bringing home a, a, a book of photographs uh, called "The Family of Man," and I remember him saying to us, "This is what it's all about, you guys. You know, we're all in the we're all in this together. We're we're one family. We got to take care of each other." And uh, that was that will always impress me. And my. Fa- Father and mother were great examples of doing that. They're very
1: caring people. That's interesting that you mentioned that, Jeff, because we had that book at home too. And oh, I really? guess that was back in a time when there weren't that many just photograph, photographic books. And I think The Family of Man turned out to be like an exhibition that they did at the Metropolitan Museum of Art or something like that.
0: Yeah. Was it Life or Look magazine or something? Yeah.
1: Yeah, Life or Look. And it, it, it's they're just beautiful beautiful photographs and they do they make they make a big impression uh isabel tell us a little bit about what it means to be a mom empowerment coach and, and the business aspect of your world
2: well i mean you mentioned creativity i think motherhood is one of the most creative uh roles that i have ever you know experienced um and i also just want to say that um you know as uh you know as a business owner. I really know that this um, we don't live in a vacuum, and that it does take a village. So I just want to give a big shout out to Ray Ann and everyone at Parnassus Books in Nashville for featuring Daddy Daughter Day, and they sold out all of our signed copies already for Father's Day. And so this has been a collaborative, you know, project not just between you, Dad, and I, but we have all of our amazing partners too. And so that is kind of how I am holding my business. I work with moms who, you know, feel malnourished in their creative lives. They've given all they've given it all to their children, and then they're learning uh, through, you know, uh, some group work that we, that we do how to what I call put the me back in mommy. And so we do that through, you know, a village, through witnessing each other, um, you know, in the same. It's like when we have our children, we want to nourish them and then we go unnourish ourselves. So my my mission is to help the moms feel nourished on the inside so that they have a, a wellspring to give from.
0: Yeah, it's, it's funny. The, probably the most important job in the world is being a mother. But uh, unlike, uh, you know, people in showbiz, they don't get the the recognition. You know, they don't get the strokes. And uh, I think it's wonderful what uh, Isabella's doing uh, to, you know, bring attention to uh, mothers and for, to have them... Uh, make sure that they're taking care of themselves so they can take care of the rest of us you know
1: yeah, my my wife uh, rosemary subscribes to the theory that um for any child if uh things are going right and really well it's probably because of the mom uh and if you know yeah. if they're not uh it's not necessarily because of the mom but you know moms are the, the you know they're still the formative influence and it's uh you know, we have a young staff at Share Our Strength, Isabel, and during the pandemic, we had so many staff at home with young kids. Uh, and our team is so conscientious. They're so committed to the work of the No Kid Hungry campaign. And at the same time, they're essentially homeschooling kids whose schools have closed. Uh, and a lot of that pressure, some of that pressure was on dads too, don't get me wrong. But I think a lot of it fell on moms in a, in a bigger way. And when you use the word uh malnourished in our creative lives as speaking of moms uh you know we of course at share strength uh, think about malnourishment in the in the the nutritional sense of the word but there's a creative malnourishment that you've kind of opened our eyes to so uh thanks for doing that and is your work nationally isabel do you do do you work uh, online uh, digitally how do you reach people and how and how do they find you
2: yeah so you can find me at isabelbridges.com and then I also have a show that's airing currently, um, and you can find that at putthemebackinmommy.com. It's called The Awakened Mother Show.
1: The Awakened Mother Show. Yes. Awesome.
0: Yeah, and also, and also just, Bill, just a while we're giving uh, email addresses, people can uh, get Daddy Daughter Day, our book, at um, daddydaughterday.com. That's our website, and you can order the book
2: there.
1: And that's the same place that they can find both you and your dad singing yeah. the lullaby, right?
0: That's that's right.
2: that's right. And we'll be adding content to that website too.
1: And all these years until I started preparing for this conversation, Jeff, I never knew that your dad sang.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, he replaced Richard Kiley on Broadway in the Man of the Man of La Mancha.
1: Is that right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, he was a wonderful, wonderful singer.
1: Well, you know, one of the points of uh, Daddy-Daughter Day, and I've uh, read you both talking about it in interviews and so forth, is, you know, the notion that we should, you know, spend time with the, the people we love. And, you know, it always seems ironic to me that uh, you only, at least in my case, you only start to understand the 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 essence of that and the importance of that as you get older and as... Some of that time has passed. Was, was there a kind of a Jeff? You referred to you know being away at work uh, during some of Isabel's childhood. Was there was there a certain poignancy for both of you that you felt while working on the book?
0: Yeah, well, the book really uh, sparked my mind. And you know, when I was in the midst of making movies, the uh, younger guy, I was. <sighs> You know, very focused and uh, you know really self-involved. I got to say, but like you, like you said, as you get older, um, you uh, you realize that the value uh, that you have and what's really precious in life are these relationships. And the, there's no stronger relationship that you can have uh, outside you know, with your, fam- your family. That's that's the greatest relationship, and to nourish that, and we you know talked about uh, nutrition here you know give that give that relationship some nutrition so it can grow and develop and uh, some magical things can happen out of that
2: and then just, just to add on to that cuz i'm in the middle of parenting two young kids that presence that you you know shared how grandma used to do special time with you for an hour That is a spiritual practice. And in my experience, it's not an easy one to be present for an entire hour. So I think it's, you know, I just want to give a shout out to all of the the other young parents out there um, that, you know, being present all day is not necessarily um, feasible. But if we can be present for just small moments throughout the day, whether it's with our our children or our partners or even just ourselves. That's really a, a spiritual practice and it's a muscle that we build.
1: Can you, can you develop, you know, some muscle memory around that, Isabel? I mean, is it the kind of thing that you can can, can actually practice and learn? So it's, 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 not too late for any of us.
2: No, I mean, I know, I know I do, and I've been able to, you know, grow the amount of time that I can be really present um, an hour is still not within that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not able to stay present fully, um, for an, an entire hour, but 15 minutes is when your child has your full awareness on them for even just 15 minutes. It doesn't have to be a whole daddy daughter day. It can be 15 minutes, daddy daughter, 15 minutes, you know, um, that, that in and of itself is that nourishment that children crave, that we all humans crave, right? We all want the presence of even just one person. Yeah, and
0: Billy, you know, to what you were saying, uh, is there hope for us? You know, still, I remember my father, one of the things that he laid on me that I struggled with when I was a kid, but I, I'm seeing his point now. He says, you know, Jeff, we're habitual creatures. And it's about what kind of habits that you develop you know and if you if you practice the habit of you know spending time with your kid in that focused way that Isabel said that it'll become easier and easier and more of a reflexive a reflexive a- action you know it won't be such a a struggle as as you go on in life
1: so your your father had some of the wisdom that um we usually uh, think of as moms having.
0: Yeah, right. That's right. Well, yeah, I think my mom had a lot to do with his wisdom like that.
1: We're we're running out of time. I I said we were going to talk for 35 minutes, and we've talked for 40, and it went really fast. I got to ask, is there another project in the works for the two of you, something in the back of your minds?
2: I think, you know, thank you for sparking that. I think all creative endeavors start with a seed. And so, Billy, you planted a seed. I think, Dad, you and I have some... Maybe we can spend some Daddy-Daughter Day time and think about what's what's next.
1: How about Daddy-Granddaughter Day?
0: That's a good idea.
2: Yeah, I'm up for it.
1: My, my granddaughter's coming to visit, my granddaughter Lily. Uh, and when she's here, I'm going to read uh, Daddy-Daughter Day too. And I know she's going to say what she always says. Uh, after I finish a book, which is like another one, another one. Uh, We've been talking with Jeff Bridges, the national spokesperson for Share Our Strength's No Kid Hungry campaign, and Isabel Bridges, uh, an author with Jeff of Daddy Daughter Day uh, and a mom's empowerment coach. Uh, Thank you both so much for being with us. I'm Billy Shore. You've been listening to Add Passion and Stir. This is our weekly podcast. You can go to our website, addpassionandstir.com and find all of our previous episodes. And you can rate us and rank us and share it with your friends on behalf of the entire team at Share Our Strength and the No Kid Hungry campaign and our wonderful production company, District Productive, and our producer today, Peter Ogburn. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Billy Shore.